Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Counterpoint Podcast. My name is Maurice, and I'll once again be your host for today's episode. And I've got two very special guests today, uh, my colleague Jeff Fieldhack, who leads our North American division, and my other colleague, uh, Pavel Naya, who is in charge of our Consumer Insights Service, uh, which is called Consumer Lens. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the show. Hey. Hi, Maurice. How are you doing? I'm great. Great. Hello, Maurice. Hey, Jeff. All right. So um, I know in the last few months, um, it's been incredibly difficult with the COVID-19 outbreak, um, lockdowns being imposed, some more severe uh, and, uh, than others in certain countries. Um, but today, I think we're really going to focus on the U.S. market. And, you know, as we've really been seeing people continuing to work from home, um, limiting their outdoor activities, uh, we, we've really seen this huge spike in um, app usage, uh, anything from gaming, music streaming, podcast. I mean, Spotify was down, I think, uh, yesterday for a certain period, and people were all up in arms about it. Um, and, you know, people are just continuously watching different video streaming um, services. Um, and for our consumer lens survey, uh, survey that we recently did, um, I wanted to pull out some highlights uh, and hopefully we can have a good discussion on it um, for the U.S. market. So, Pavel, can you tell us uh, in terms of what are what the study indicates, uh, what the average consumer is spending on for apps and uh, where there are certain spikes? Yep. I think um, if you look at the overall scenario, like uh, people are staying home and, you know, they have to find some ways to entertain themselves and uh, in a lot of lot of gym and other physical activities are almost closed down in many areas in US. So they are left with, you know, either they go for, you know, use their time for the entertainment purpose or, you know, used to learn new skill or study and knowledge and these particular areas. So by this nature of app categories, we have seen a spike in entertainment apps, uh, specifically video uh, OTT platforms. And uh, almost like three in every four respondent in our service said that they are using some sort of apps and spending money on a monthly basis on those. And similarly for music streaming, we have, we have seen like more than 60% of the people in our service said that they're spending money on those as well. And the current trend says that uh, the amount of money they're spending is not uh, the average for a single app subscription. It is much more than that. And that indicates that most of the people have more than one apps installed or, you know, subscribed to for their daily purposes. So these are the major two categories where you know people are spending money, and then there is a third category of games, and then knowledge and education, which comes on the fourth. Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, at least for me, I've I've had some more subscription services. <laughs> when I look at my credit card bill, I'm like, oh, I have a podcast service that I didn't realize. But I think we're all spending a lot more money on. Um, yeah, these services, uh, for sure. Um, and I wanted to drill down actually a little bit more on video streaming platforms. Um, what types of things are uh, these platforms doing to, to lure in customers? So different platforms has their different strategies. Uh, the most common strategies is to bring new content, at least on a monthly basis. And in sometimes in, uh, in countries uh, outside US, we have seen some of the platforms even um, creating uh, different subscription pattern. 
but for if you talk about the us in terms of content consumption as people are staying home they are likely use bigger screen than the smaller screen uh, you know for example they will maybe prefer a laptop or a ipad to watch these videos over their mobile devices so we have seen a lot of people are shifting from mobile to bigger screen and as as a strategy high end video streaming options for example hd and other other you know subscription options are coming quite handy in those and this is this is basically quite common across all the platform uh, other than that there there are different uh, bundling happening i think uh, jeff can give you more uh, details on that part uh, but from the consumer point of view people are looking for better uh streaming uh, you know resolutions for consumption in their videos yeah and you know as uh all these platforms consumer data um we're we're also continuously looking to um have that uh you know constant and um consistent uh data access uh, f- for these platforms uh jeff can can you give us a little bit more color on what you see the carriers doing in the us um that how they're capitalizing on um on this sort of de- demand sure yes um i think the first point uh, that jumps out at me is the carriers were well positioned uh for this increase uh all networks all the major carriers have stated data traffic is up 20 to 30% with the uh, work from home and you know schooling from home and the networks performed really well they have already made many uh partnerships and had many offerings uh that they this um kind of thrown into the future uh with covid um has affected so uh education apps were already in place and those were up well over 100% uh video game traffic the big of uh, 5G use case of uh, traffic is up over 80%. Um, food delivery apps, um, very important uh, during the COVID uh, times, uh, that was up over 25%. So there were lots of uh, large scale um, areas and um, applications that were were ready and uh, of the, the carriers were yeah able to take advantage of this. And uh, as said, the networks performed well. So um, uh, yeah, they'll uh, in the future be able to monetize even further. Yeah, and um, I mean, just recently with Verizon, right? They've announced um, a, a kind of new bundling thing with uh, Google Stadia, where they're trying to really push that gaming uh, service that you mentioned, uh, especially because of um, their five G millimeter wave capabilities. So, so basically, different carriers are also trying to leverage their different types of five G services, right? Um, in particular for streaming. Absolutely. And um, yeah, that was uh, one good use case on the gaming side. Um, Lots of other uh, media partnerships already in place. Uh, Verizon offering Disney Plus. Uh, They also offer Apple Music for a six-month trial period to get consumers hooked. Uh, T-Mobile has been hugely successful uh, offering free Netflix with unlimited plans. Uh, Sprint um, had offered uh, Hulu partnerships. So the partnerships were there. Um, Verizon had tried to go their own way with their own content and Go90 and and other uh, Yahoo and AOL um, acquisitions. And that, I think it's safe to say, failed. Uh, And now they're going more the partnership road. AT&T, with their um, acquisition of DirecTV and um, 
Warner Media, they're kind of going it alone, but they have great uh, over-the-top offers uh, that have seen good traction um, during COVID times. Yeah, that's um, definitely a lot of, you know, revenue that's coming in from services, especially video uh, streaming services. Um, and now pivoting a little bit, uh, now as, as we try to get into this, you know, new normal that we're all um, facing right now, uh, there's also been, I think, Pavel, you mentioned an increase in uh, things like dating and lifestyle apps. Uh, can, can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, sure. So we have seen a spike in different categories, but for specifically like lifestyle apps, uh, when it comes to that category, there are, there are basically um, two two kinds, right? One serve you different lifestyle content and uh, run on advertisement as a platform, and then there are dating apps, for example, uh, you know that uh, bring two people together to build a relationship, right? That is their core business proposition. But uh, due to this COVID uh, situation, right, uh, the physical distancing is still in place. So what's happening? People are you know opting for those virtual meeting and then uh, you know virtual chat services to you know g- get engaged with their uh, you know prospective uh, opposite partner. That's bring a, a interesting scenario where. On one one side, you know, there is limited uh, one-to-one interaction, but the, on the other side, there is chances to increase the virtual interaction in place. And the overall spending in this particular category right now is close to eight and a half dollars per month uh, on an average. But uh, as as I mentioned, like a lot of app also works on advertising as a platform, so they comes as a free. So whosoever spending on this app actually spending quite a lot to you know uh, get that kind of average overall so uh, if you if we talk about spending pattern if you see like uh, almost uh, people who are spending uh, $20 or more on a monthly basis is almost one fifth of the total respondent which means one in every five and considering the current uh, demographic of us you know where uh, people who are younger uh, or age less than 35 years um, had not the majority of the person. That means people who are spending are coming from that particular category and they're spending quite a lot. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've uh, here when I watch TV, sometimes I certainly see these dating apps that, um, that show you like, Hey, you can still meet someone just by, um, just by video and making that happen. So certainly these dating apps are also trying to push out um, how they're still relevant uh, during these times. One other thing um, that I wanted to ask about and that Jeff kind of touched upon too with, with the carrier side is how um, you know, people working from home now, uh, we, we have a lot of uh, more emphasis on students uh, getting educated at home. Um, and naturally, this also means uh, that they uh, need to be properly um, equipped with education apps and um, you know connectivity. Um, what 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 did we find out there from our study? So uh, in in this particular uh, scenario, educations become virtual. You know, you know, most of the schools are still closed, and I'm not sure if gonna open anytime soon. It's still there is a debate going on, right? And uh, so so uh, the, there are two kind of again education app we have seen. One comes from comes as a platform where it gives you the accessibility for connecting to your school or any other educational institute you are in 
and uh, school itself you know paid for those uh, app categories right it's not basically directly coming from coming out of consumer pockets um, but then there are other platforms which provide a lot of uh, skill development and that mostly comes uh, with a fixed uh, course cost or you know a monthly subscription packages there we are seeing quite a surge and right now the average spending is close to $9 in US uh, on these particular app categories where student definitely the high spender and uh, especially those who are under 25 years of age and um, if, if you if you look at again the spending pattern that again says like a lot of people actually spending more than one kind of uh, this platform which means uh, close to like one in every five student uh, or you know the younger uh, generation who wants to upgrade their skill are spending more than one app in this particular categories. Uh, Jeff, do you have anything to add on the carrier side that you haven't mentioned yet? Yeah, so on the carrier side, um, COVID-19 has really accelerated the growth of video conferencing. Uh, all carriers had video conferencing since 2015, but it just spiked uh, and, you know, threw itself years into the the future because of COVID-19. And uh, Verizon had made a very timely purchase of BlueJeans. This is a company uh, that has about 15,000 customers, so it's a smaller size competitor of of, of Zoom. Other carriers have already made partnerships uh, that they'd had in place, uh, AT&T partners with WebEx, uh, Sprint has partnered with Intercall. Uh, T-Mobile kind of has a blend of their own um, um, service in-house. So they were all able to take advantage of this uh, work-from-home um, phenomenon. So even some stats, uh, staggering stats, uh, AT&T mentioned uh, they, have fi- they have had days 500,000 WebEx meetings in a single day or over a million conference calls in a day. So I guess this is a kudos to the carriers to have already plans and, and things in place to take advantage. And, you know, things will hopefully get better <laughs> once there's a vaccine and that. But this phenomenon of working from home is is probably not fully going away. There may be a blend or, you know, it could be very different uh scenario in two years and the carriers are all well prepared to to help and uh, take advantage of this yeah certainly and i think you know um during these times there is still a lot of innovation that can happen um and uh we'll we're we're right in it so we're going to continue on with um you know trying to figure out what's happening and trying to keep our listeners informed um i want to thank you both for joining me today on the show um it was a great pleasure to talk about this and really uh dig into this topic area so thanks guys thank you yeah no problem and for our listeners uh if you'd like to know more uh please go onto our website counterpointresearch.com uh we'll have our consumer lens um little blog on this on the website it'll be also listed on our podcast here um, if you want to follow us we're on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and other platforms uh, don't forget to rate and review us if you want it'll help us out and until next time uh, take care <laughs>